My fellow actors, we live in a dark time. The world is becoming more and more violent, and the idiots in charge are making it worse. What the world needs is an international advisory committee who truly understands global politics, namely us. The time has come for us to start using our acting talents in a different way. Yes, we can use our powers to change the world. We will persuade everyone to drive hybrid cars and stop smoking. If we focus our acting on global politics, we can change everything and stuff. As actors, it is our responsibility to read the newspapers and then say what we read on television like it's our own opinion. Matt Damon. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and last to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. And it's a beautiful thing, too. This is The Underground, episode 45. I'm joined again by my host, the great, the wonderful, the stupendous, the miraculous. I'm running out of adjectives. The what's Michael Scott say? I'm not uh, the... I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. The stitious. Stitious. Joseph Nations. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Generic well, response, right? <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm I'm trying so hard to stay away from like the general language that's surrounded by uh content creator culture. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's one of them. Um I try. But also like hello or welcome seems so bland i i don't I know. know i know most people don't care because we say it for like two seconds and then we move on to the important move stuff on. but yeah speaking sorry speaking go ahead of, i was gonna say speaking of important stuff but yeah speaking of important stuff though uh if you've been listening to us thus far we're glad that you're here thank you for listening to our show we really appreciate it, it means a lot to us uh, we put a lot of time and energy in on the show and one of the things that we utilize here is a value for value system. And basically what that means is do the value that the, the, the hopeful value we hope that you are receiving from our podcast, you then return that to us in the form of your time, talent, and or treasure. And if you go to our show notes, you'll see a link for our, our direct.me, which will take you to our social media accounts um, and our YouTube and Odyssey channel. They also take you to PayPal link. And so if you, you know, how you can return the value to us is in the form of your treasure and just go to our PayPal link. You can donate there. You also donate, donate in the form of your time and your talent. And if you want to do any audio editing, video editing, artwork, sending us any clips, articles you find interesting, uh, you know, we'd be appreciative. Uh, you can also, uh, follow us or subscribe to us on YouTube. Our link is uh, at the direct me link as well on Odyssey. Like, comment, subscribe, interact with us. We really enjoy the engagement with those who have interacted with us. We appreciate you. And uh, if there's anything you disagree with us on, uh, feel free to 
let us know. We love constructive dialogue, and we don't know everything. Not all of our opinions are 100% accurate. Speak for uh, yourself. <laughs> uh, 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 except for when it comes to the Eternals. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this is objectively the truth. Yeah. We're, we're about the yeah. This is objectively bad, but... Uh, the two best things that you can do is to share our podcast on social media. Uh, that really helps expand our reach. Even if you uh, have a ton of time, a ton of talent, and ton of, ton of treasure, and you return that value to us like that, sharing still helps. Or if you have none of that, sharing is the most effective thing. And then you can also download the episodes. That really helps us to gauge uh, how many listeners we have. So, again, we really appreciate you listening to us. Which All is right. not something... A lot of people can say yes um so before we get into the meat of the show uh i i found this article today and since we've talked about lord of the rings in the past wanted to go ahead and talk about this real quick this is from bounding into comics um new rumor provides details about sauron's role in amazon lord of the Rings series because yes. everything and everyone whether it makes sense for canon or not is going to be in this thing. Um, this is the Eternals of the Lord of the Rings uh, is kind of what it's starting to seem like. Um, anyway, let me just read a little bit of this and 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 we'll uh, Joseph, I'll get your opinion since you're our yeah our uh, Lord of the Rings nerd, our Lord of the Rings guy nerd person and to everyone. Because David was picking on me before we started this about my double chin. Oh my God, I, I wasn't act, picking on had, you. <laughs> you were. You were bullying me. Uh, I wish we had that uh, UK law would have reported you. <laughs> Two, <laughs> Two years, years in jail. <laughs> but I had a little accident trimming my beard, and I didn't want to look Amish with just the mustache gone, so I just trimmed it on down. Uh, but if you see the double chin... That's okay. Well, first first rule in uh, any sort of visual arts is just to not actually mention any of it. And no, you just gotta own it, bro. No, everybody has a double chin. No, you don't own it because then everyone will relentlessly call you out on it. <laughs> it has the opposite <laughs> oh, well. effect. All right, so Lord of the Rings. Uh, new rumor yes. claims to reveal some details about Sauron's role. Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings series. Uh, it was pre. Uh, it was previously that Sauron. Okay, so a, a couple, one, one quick thing, just a, an editor's note to everyone: reread, double check, always look at, at your work, because <laughs> sometimes yes. people miss words and it makes it real difficult to read through this. I anyway. can go ahead and give you the backdrop real fast. Uh, yeah, I've kept up with all this. Basically, what it is is that it was announced that uh, Sauron was going to be in the show. Then it came out that he wasn't, and now it's come out that he is. That's a simplified way to saying it. Okay. But if um, you want to go through the details of it, feel free to. Well, it was basically, yeah, no, it's basically that. They were getting it from some fan sites and different mm -hmm. rumor mills. And then I saw one thing in here uh, where they said something about wanting to keep the fans uh, guessing for season two or keep them like on yes. a hook. Um, and it was kind of going to, it seemed to me that they were going to use season one to kind of lead into Sauron because it's going to, for those who don't know, it's going to be... Uh, scheduled in the late second age so that's right before if you've seen the lord of the rings and you see that big battle with where you have elrond and, and you got saw around there and he gets the ring cut off that's the uh, after that battle is when it goes right into the third age yeah um so, so uh yeah. and they're they're so desperate to be like 
in the third age or as close to it as possible because yeah. they don't know how to do anything else else because they're yeah. you know it's it's that this problem that we've been talking about a lot with entertainment is it's just like they just don't know what they're doing most of the time mm-hmm. and they don't understand the source material i don't know what you're talking about david they have two proven <laughs> showrunners who have a history a, a long history of successful movies and tv shows mm-hmm. yes. oh wait i'm sorry <laughs> they don't nobody does anymore i don't know what happened to all that's the a good running writers. theme ever like game of thrones set the apparently set the bar like get people who don't know what they're doing uh-huh. and like get you know your marvel movies get people who don't who've never directed before or have a short list of movies and then for leading another big show lord of the rings do the same thing so yeah um and it's been really interesting because one of the things i did this weekend was watch uh terminator or this mm-hmm. past weekend was watch terminator and terminator 2 um, right. I've been writing up some I, I'm, I'm trying to put something together for the channel at some point and I've been working on my writing skills and uh, trying to you know get that all together and it just it takes a really long time especially when mm-hmm. you first start anyway all that being said part of what I was doing was comparing the Terminator movies so the first two the good two um, to essentially the rest of the trash even though people kind people have like a soft spot for I think it's Salvation the one with Christian Bale Oh yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like, it's not. It's like a futury type thing. So it's, it's like, eh. And I'm sure there's like problems with it, but I haven't seen it so long. It's you know, it's just kind of forgettable yeah. for the most part. But the rest of them are tra- just absolute trash. Um, and it's uh, it's crazy to watch those first two movies and see the love and the attention to detail. And like you know, the first one came out in 1984, and it's got some problems for mm-hmm. like the the animation or like the animatronics that they use for mm-hmm. uh Arnold Schwarzenegger don't look great. Right. Um but there's a lot that's really good about it. Especially there for is. a movie that came out at that time. It was very early on in um is that Ridley Scott? I think it's Ridley Scott. Um in his career, that was like one of Schwarzenegger's first movies. Um mm-hmm. and then to watch T two Terminator two is legitimately one of the best movies that's ever been made. Yeah, it's good. And I didn't walk out of either of those movies scared. I did walk out of Batman Return scared. (laughs) Which is on my list of stuff to watch. I've been wanting to go back and and we're going to I think we're going to do that at some point soon. But, you know, I watch those and then we're going to talk about them um, later on once I finally get those codes to you so you can watch the um, T1 and T2. Fair warning for anyone who wants to watch the first one. There's quite a bit of man ass and hanging dong in the first one <laughs> especially in the oh, first like 15 minutes of the movie um none of that in the second one they very much cut all that back and and made it because that's more incredibly of an important action. to the show right yeah. yeah it's just one of those things where you know we do want to make people aware that this stuff is in some of these things um and it's just so funny because it's like I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, they that's yep. That's what that is. <laughs> but, um, but point still. being is is something original. And, you know, originally it was rumored the show was going to center around a young Aragorn. And I was like, please, no, like yeah. uh, fine, whatever. But uh, they need to leave it alone. And that's that's kind of the big thing is that they they don't know what they're doing. No. With the show, it's going to supposed to. Rumor has it it's going to center around Isildur, um, and you know the 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 rise and fall of Numenor. 
Okay. And whereas the, it seems like the first two or three episodes are going to detail kind of like the first age of Melkor because they only have rights. And I don't know everything, but I know for sure they have rights to the second and some of the third age. Um, and they may have some of the first age. Cool. But but anyway, it the second age really just involves Sauron more so than Melkor or anything else. Sauron yeah. is the main protagonist in the uh, or I'm sorry not protagonist antagonist and um the second age and third age right well the point the point being that when you take something like the books mm-hmm. or what peter jackson did in the early very very early 2000s mm-hmm. or you have terminator and then what they did after all of that and you can clearly see the difference between someone who understands what the material they've been given, loves it. right? Versus someone who's just trying to make a buck. Yep. And again, we're gonna. That, there's a little that's bit of a that. Good, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a, and that needs to be stressed. There's a difference between someone who loves what they're doing and wants to bring it to life, versus someone who just wants to make money, doesn't care mm-hmm. about it, or their know, their intention they're more is to about themselves and putting their own you know mm-hmm. spin and stuff their on message it rather than bringing, or whatever the case. Yep. yep. And you, it's it's pretty clear. And I keep telling people that, and people keep wanting to deny it, but slowly and surely, people are going, "Oh yeah, he's probably right about this." It's like, <laughs> but I mean, people are kicking and screaming, getting dragged across the line, man, because it's like, it's it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and and get into it. Um, I want to keep this review slash discussion um, somewhat organized. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just wrote some bullet points down as far as the different content that I want us to talk about. Uh, and then we can, uh, if we have any more like closing thoughts, I have I have quite a few notes. Um, okay. So I do too. This is a two hour movie. Um, it is far too long. <laughs> Talk about V for Vendetta. I mean, not V for Vendetta, but Eternals, right? Oh yeah, it's like the movie feels like it lasts for an eternity. Yes. Um, I was physically they got the name right. I was physically tired uh, coming home after watching it in the theater. Uh, so I was tired in the theater. Almost uh, there was a point where I nodded <laughs> off and then, you know, woke back up. So I want to um, mention a couple things before we get into the the meat of. Uh, the okay. actual movie. Uh, first yep. of all, it is currently sitting, I believe, at a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. When we talked about it last week, it was like at a 51, I think. Actually, yes. no, I think it was a 53. I, the next yeah. day it dropped to a 51, and it's now sitting at a 48 with an 80% hey. um, user score, which is far too high. And if you read some of those, people are basically yes. like, beep, boop, beep, boop, 10 out of 10. Yep. <laughs> it's That 48% is still too high, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, if we're going off of like that's a... That's that Marvel bump. That's a... Mar- <laughs> You're kind of not wrong. Yeah, like, <laughs> especially based on some of the reviews we read a couple of weeks ago where people were like, you can see the love in the sunrises. I didn't know what was going on in the movie, but the sunrises were very nice. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, man. The reviews are as confusing as this actual movie. But like I was saying, let me, let me mention a couple things about... The lead, the lead up to this, besides just the the, the review scores, mm-hmm. um, you can go back and and watch the segments of us talking about the Eternals on our YouTube page. Um, the links to that is obviously in the show notes with the direct me. Um, 
All right, so lowest rated Marvel movie according to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, next highest, I think, is Thor Dark World, which is still sitting at a 60, 65, I think, 64, 65, something like that. Um, I may be wrong about that. It's not like it really so There's matters. a big gap in there. Yeah. Not, not just that, but we have to talk about, have you watched any of the promotion material for this movie? Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of it. There Tons was a lot from the uh, premiere, and a few things stuck out. The first thing is that the only thing that they were pushing about this movie was the diversity of the cast. Yes. Hard yes, Not that it was a good movie. No. Not uh, the storyline, not anything like that, right? It is hysterical. Diversity. Yes. It is a to a hysterical level the way that they pushed this. Yeah, they, and there isn't anything wrong with a diverse cast. Keep that in of, mind. Of course, yeah. That, that's see, like, no, there's nothing wrong with a, di- a diverse cast. But the funniest thing, uh, one of the funniest things that I, I saw, there's this Variety article or Variety interview where uh, a guy who he's he's gay, right? And he's he's got like the craziest deep. It's almost like cartoonishly deep voice. Mm-hmm. And he he sound, he almost sounds like a smoker, like a cartoon. Like if if you were to create a character. In a cartoon, who was a smoker? This would be this it. would be this guy's voice, right? And he's he's like, "Aren't you so happy to see gays in this movie?" Like that's what this guy sounds like. And everyone's like, "Yes," and they're like, "It is very diverse." And then Angelina Jolie at one point goes, "Um, yeah, it, it's very diverse, but that's not the only thing that matters about this movie." And she says something else, and it cuts to another person. They go, "It's so diverse." <laughs> You know, and you're like, oh my gosh. It's like, it's clearly the only thing that they care about. Yes. Um, That's th- it. It's just about diversity instead of the script, the story, the, you know, uh, you know, connecting, you know, the acting, the, the scenes, the movement, the going from act one, two, three. Oh, we're going to get to some of that. Oh, like, man. All of that stuff, they, a cohesive there must, yeah. focus storyline, right? Okay. So the only other thing I want to mention before we move into yes. the actual is that in that same interview, uh, there is a character in in the movie. So one of the superhero superheroes, quote unquote, um, is gay and he's mm-hmm. married. And the guy who plays his husband in the movie, I think he's Pakistani or Something like that. So he, he's Middle Eastern. I can't remember exactly where he's from. But the guy is like, how does, you know, say this smoker, this cartoon smoker asks him how, how he feels to be playing in like in a character who is gay in a superhero movie or whatever, because they make this big deal. And this is the same thing they do anytime some sort of diversity takes the scene in one of these Marvel movies, as if mm-hmm. there's never been diversity in movies ever before, before. this moment. They it, It's yeah. like, it's like this, they have just you know accomplished the, the bridge yeah yeah they've accomplished the dreams of every uh abolitionist who's come uh ahead of them in their footsteps that they yes. have now reached the top of the mountain right so this guy he's like and his response he's like i wish that i had seen someone like character like this when i was younger it's like all right that that okay whatever but then he's like can you imagine how many lives this movie will save because they see characters on a screen who are like them. Oh, man. And I swear that clip got hidden from... 
because I, I had to f- go to Variety's page uh, yeah. to actually find that uh, specific part of the interview. Couldn't couldn't find anything on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this movie leading up to it, it's like we just have, listen, we have to be honest about this. This is what they were trying to push. It had mm-hmm. nothing to, to do with making a good movie with making a fun experience a good fun marvel movie right it's not as if when guardians of the galaxy came out they were doing this whole thing that was like the trees are going to be so excited about their representation of groot every green human being will love to see drax and gamora right the raccoons will be singing the praises of rocket in this movie it's like (sighs) all right there's so much more we could talk about on that end, but I'll I'll leave it there. Um, let's uh, let's see. So let's start pretty big. You with, want to go into kind of like the the overarching story of what Eternal is supposed to be, kind of like you know what the plot is. Yeah. So the first two things I have down are writing and story, and they kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's let's start with story. Um. How long? <laughs> did it take you to figure out what was going on in this movie <laughs> like like this is what's happening here is the plot <laughs> yeah man it's a unfocused confusing mess yes it's like at one point you're thinking oh, oh it's going yeah. to be the first off in the beginning as soon as the celestial appeared uh-huh Arishium, Arishum or whatever. Arishum, I think, yeah. I mean, Arishum, yeah. whatever. Big old red celestial. Yeah. <laughs> I already knew he was going to be the bad guy somehow. Like, right. Duh. That's obvious. Um, but as far as, the, the, you know, they the made it seem guy. like it was going to be the deviants, right? That were going to be the main, or the antagonists, right? Yeah. And then... Spoilers, by the way, we're going to spoil this entire movie. I, not yeah, that I yeah. think you should go see it, but no, I, you know, I encourage you to wait until 10 years from now and then see <laughs> if, it. If you are curious, just wait until it's inexpensive on some sort of streaming platform yeah. or free on and Disney Plus it. in like three or four months. Yeah. It's, it's not even like there are some movies that are bad that are fun to go see. This isn't even one of them. No. Uh, but so you have the deviants and the deviants are the bad guys at first you think and they uh come to feed on intelligent life and uh because for reasons yeah for reasons the celestial being says that uh the intelligent life the more intelligent life there is on earth the more it helps the uh, a new celestial that's in the middle of the planet. Right, that we don't find out any of this until almost the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's very... That it helps it grow and become a new celestial that helps balance the universe, and then you go create another, you know, billions of life on another planet and stuff like that, right? Right. And so, uh, come to find out, it's not the deviants that are bad, uh, that feed on the apex predator of every planet so that, you know, the that race can increase. It's the, the Eternals that are robots and who were made by uh, both the Deviants and the Eternals were made by the Celestial Being, but the Deviants can't evolve. The Eternals can't. The Eternals are basically robots. 
Um, well, yeah, that's what we like think, but then they kind yeah. of figure out some sort of way to also do the same thing, mm-hmm. but it but it doesn't really work the same way, and it's yep. kind of just a plot convenience so that they can finish the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have like three it's- three antagonist groups in the movie. Yep. One of which you get introduced to at the very beginning. The celestial. Right. One. Let's let's be generous and say one of them you get introduced to about halfway through, when Deviants. they find yeah uh, no deviants, no deviants to begin with deviants and celestials, and then the last like half hour of the movie they pull this like betrayal plot, kind of out of thin air if we're being yeah. totally honest. Like I had heard rumors about some of this like going into it, but it was obvious like to some degree where it was headed. Um, and then it's old Robert Stark that ends up being uh, the the betrayer. Icarus. I've actually yeah, pulled Icarus. up Internet Movie Movie Database on my thing so I can keep up. And I know we're not at characters yet, but the immense amount of characters in this movie oh my gosh, does not dude. help making it unconfusing. And you, cohesive you know, and balance and yeah. where you can connect with the characters and so, stuff like that the beginning right the, the very beginning of the movie there were a couple there I, I wrote this down the very first thing i wrote down in my notes was word crawl at the start question mark seems pointless <laughs> word like, crawl at the i was start. like what yeah, is this and, and they're like reading it and i'm like this movie cost them i quite a bit of money to make i want to say it's like 200 million or something was the, the price tag it might have been a little lower than that I was like, you couldn't have put, with all the CG and all these crazy visuals going on in this movie, you couldn't have taken that first like three minutes, had a voiceover with just everything that was going on. You wanted to put a word crawl, an ugly word crawl at that. Mm-hmm. that and, and that scene sets up how boring this movie is. Just how yes. the absolute drag of this movie where it's like... Oh, listen. Yeah, go ahead. No, my wife is very liberal when it comes to movies. Let me rephrase. I don't mean politically and stuff like that. I mean liberal in the sense of she's very generous with how she reviews movies. That's the word to use, generous. Yeah. And even she was like, man, this thing is like halfway through the movie, she wanted to leave. She's like, this (laughs) thing is dragging. And I said, no, I'm sorry. We got to (laughs) stay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, Kayla. So the writing... You know, it goes right along with the plot and the story. Um, it's all over the place. Oh, all over the place. It's, uh, I'm repeating myself, but it's so unbalanced. There's no focus. There's so many different storylines exactly. and plots that you can just tell, you know, the director only has, I think, three uh, movie credits to yeah, her name. She's an, an Academy Award winning director, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, she got the Academy Award after getting like before getting hired onto this one, and then they changed all the promotional material to say uh, Academy Award winning director Chloe Zhao. <laughs> <I know. laughs> pretty good. That's sneaky Marvel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I kept. I think it was. Uh, probably. So I, I saw. I saw someone today that said the reason why it's getting uh, one of the actors can't remember which one. There's fifty of them. Mm-hmm. Um that lead in this movie. Uh, one of them said that the reason why this is getting panned by critics 
is because a woman directed it. Oh, come, come now. <laughs> it's, it's, or, and then the other one was, uh, said, uh, retweeted the, the, what's his name? Um, plays, uh, Kingo. Oh, uh, Kamal, Kamal, not in Johnny, not Johnny. Yeah, Come he on, uh, retweeted it and said, it looks like we're uh, getting the right demographic, man. And I'm just... Bro, okay, so... I, okay. Uh, they definitely live in a bubble. The One of the first lines of dialogue in the movie, right, between Icarus and Cersei, when they're in the spaceship, you go, and she looks at him and she goes, the planet is beautiful, isn't it? And then he just goes, yes. Like, he's... <laughs> Dude, the, uh, Richard Madden is the biggest block of wood in this movie that I think I've I've seen in a long time. With most of these actors, I will say, with both most of these actors, I don't think it's their fault. I think it's the writing's fault. How they, you know, have the yeah, characters written and it's everything. It's definitely writing and direction that that you know, plays look into at Angelina it. Angelina Jolie. She starred in uh, Tomb Raider and plenty of other action movies and stuff like that, and she has a wide range of acting, right? Yes. Tomb Raider. She's a block of wood <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Dude, she is like she someone asked me like how she did in it and the way that I describe it is like she smolders on screen and fights some stuff and that's really about it. Well, Sama Hayek, right? Yeah. As Ajax, she block of wood as well. The lead <laughs> character, uh Gamba Chan, uh she's or whatever. Like she's slightly like uh, like a slight step above the low tier of how the acting is in this. Like she's there, she's present, she says her lines, but she is boring. Like, and and that's kind of the biggest thing. And it's like, uh, I don't know. There, there's like, uh, I was trying to think of what it was, but like, there's this scene where, so she, her like ability, mm-hmm. and and this is one of the other things that's so confusing, right? Is that their introductions to all the characters are all over the place. You it's almost all don't, over the place. Yeah, you almost don't know what some of them are doing until nearly halfway through the movie, like what their abilities are, what their purpose in this movie is, how they're going to play any role in it, which, to be honest, some of them get sidelined pretty hardcore by the end of this. It's just like yes. they're, they're useless. Like half of them are useless for most of the movie. And um, they also did a worse job, in my opinion, than The Witcher did with the timeline stuff. Oh, Going so back bad. and forth way too much. I, it's not perfect, but they, it's Babylon, right? Isn't that where they're, um, they are for the, the prequely type scenes or the flashbacks yeah. or whatever. They should have yeah, just done them, an entire, some of them, them, they're in other places. Sure. They should have just done an entire movie that took place maybe in the first couple thousand years that they were there. Set yeah. up a villain, right? It's some sort of deviant, right? So you got to take the deviant from this movie. Mm-hmm. who's like oh he's he's gaining abilities or he's gaining smarts make up some sort of contrivance right i don't care it's not it's not what's important set right. up a villain for the first like couple thousand years a smart kind of uh intertwined thing where they're having to struggle between wanting to help the humans but also keeping their place right mm-hmm. and you could have introduced this new group of characters slowly maybe mm-hmm. not put all of them in this movie right like maybe only right. put half of them in this movie like really cut down on the cast and that could have been the first movie right the problem is is this feels like almost three different movies it, that they're it cramming into one movies. thing and it's it's so miserable to watch and it's like that and I don't know if I put editing in here. I just want to talk about that for a second. It's so bad. 
Oh, that, that it's, it's all over the place. There's this uh, phrase that uh, Mahler on YouTube uses all the time where they go, oh, well, I guess that scene's over. That happens all the time in this movie yeah. where it's like something, everything's going on or they're they're doing something. It cuts real hard and now they're in the past again. Yep. And you're like, no what is happening? And it's like, you, and then the other thing too, you speak on the editing part, they're dealing with losing the loss of, you know, an oh. eternal or, or something else. And then all of a sudden, it, very quickly, they're slapstick comedy. Dude, like this you is can't one take of anything serious in the movie. That is my biggest gripe about this movie. By the, far the most. The morals. Okay. Yeah. The, I, the other one's still my biggest one. And here's why. Yeah. You have these somber moments, right? So. Mm-hmm. At, by now whether it doesn't matter Ajax dies pretty early on like she dies before Mm -hmm. technically I think before the movie even starts it's like pre you know but you don't really find that out out until later on you don't find out who who kills her until later on Um, but she's dead and that's kind of the centerpiece at least for a little while that's bringing them together there are so there's a moment right where they go to see Gilgamesh um, and they tell him who that they're like Ajax is dead, right? Mm-hmm. And he, and he you he you see him like get really sad, and then it like cuts to a, a wide shot of him, and he has this pie that he just pulled out of the oven, and then the pie falls all over the floor. And in my crowd, like in in the theater I was in, everyone just had this like nervous laughter, like <laughs> like okay, it was kind of funny because the pie, but what? No one in the theater even laughed at that part. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is, it's like this happens over and over again. Yes. And whose fault is it a majority of the time? Who ruins the somber moments 99% of the time in this movie? Go ahead. Let him know. It's Kingo. Yes. He he like cracks jokes and it, it's all like all the time. Oh, and it's so bad. They're not I think the, the I, worst one to me was the uh I wish I had written some killed, of them down. Killed the deviant and he says to the his helper Quran, um, uh, that's his. I don't know, assistant or whatever. Yeah. Uh, did you get that on? Because he's doing a documentary, right? Oh, he's like uh, off screen. And he's and he. Did you get the? Uh, did you get that? And he's like, Yeah, I got it. Yeah, and stuff you're like, like that, and it's just, Oh, this is what we're doing, huh? Yes, yeah, so you can never take any. It feels plot, like the, uh, out of the four hundred there are. Um, yeah. Serious. And the the plot or. Uh, Oh shoot! What was I saying? It's like the the jokes feel so forced. It does, dude. Who was writing this? Who was it? Did they have like a twelve year old who thought they were funny? I had the longest time, it, uh, for me trying to figure out who Sprite was. <laughs> I knew just because of some of the jokes that like Nerdrotic has made in the past about that character and the connection <laughs> to some reviewers maybe liking I that thought- character too much. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, because I know all the diversity stuff. I'm thinking, okay, no, you know, are they... she's, you know, what her diversity is, right? No, nah. cheese pizza. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one of the things I've noticed that Kayla, Kayla, and I have had a discussion with is in a lot of shows and movies we watch, there's a lot of comedy geared yeah. towards comedy. cheese pizza. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it like used to be one of those. And you see yeah. that. And uh, you, 
I don't think there's any comedy like that in, in this movie, but there's direct like weirdness of you have Sprite and she is a, uh, embody a young She's female. like 15. She's, a child. Yeah, she's supposed to be like yeah. 15, like look yeah. like she's 15 and she doesn't right. age. And it's kind of her like arc in this movie, yeah. but not really because no one really has an arc in this movie. They're all kind of just, it's like they're all kind of there and things are happening around them, you know? Yeah, um, but the the point being is that she's a fifteen year old teenager, a child, and she but you know she can't age, but she's been around thousands of years, right? Yeah. But she's attracted to Robert Star Icarus, Icarus and um and he's you know mid twenties, late twenties, yeah, like early thirties, I think, something like something that. Something like yeah. Um and it, yeah, and it's weird, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Um and yes, it's weird. It, it, it's it's just like oh and they play it off with this whole thing where they're where again king goes like well he's peter pan and you're tinkerbell and it's like bro that doesn't make it okay no and we understand that she's like and, and this is the thing in a better movie right especially this is a, that's a plot point in a lot of vampire movies right where mm-hmm. a a 15 year old will get bit and now they're living for eternity but they're stuck in the body of a 15 year old Right. And you can play that in a way that does not come off like creepy. It's a, it's very much like a inner. What am I trying to say? Like, it's Thanks a, it's a, an struggle. inner struggle. It's an inner struggle, right? There, the let the right one in or let me in is like, is, is that right? Where the vampire, mm-hmm. you know, she's, well, sorry, it's been a while since I've seen that. I think they gender swap them in the the movies or whatever. Um, anyway, the the vampire character in that movie is thousands of years old or hundreds of hundreds of years old and then the the other character is like another kid right Mm -hmm. and so to that kid this is just another kid until they find out who they are but it's also a very dark story and so you can play around with elements of that not saying that it's okay but understanding each character where they're coming from and the perspective of loneliness and the perspective of wanting like uh that connection with another like another person or another being an adult yeah Yeah. and so there's things there's ways that you can play that and of course they never go into that in this because this is not a movie that was written by mature people right um going back to like those interviews or whatever you you can see the two people who wrote this movie and they look like 21 year olds and they're like oh we were so passionate about writing this story that's like for everyone and you're like everyone huh (laughs) anyway we don't i don't want to harp on that too much i mean it's it's not it's not like a a big focus in the movie it's definitely just a little bit of that like uh, okay like what like why are we doing this um you know sprite gets turned into a human being at the end because that's like where her like plot kind of moves to did you even see that part did you tell me you left before that happened yeah i think i did <laughs> yeah so she gets like after they beat um the big the quote-unquote big bad um she uh has enough power to turn sprite human so she turns her human and then she gets abandoned by all of them because they all get abducted by the celestial <laughs> yep it's just it's so like ridiculous the whole movie is ridiculous um okay a couple uh let's see have we talked about acting We've kind of covered that, right? It's just it's, yeah, we it's did. so wooden. Kind of the staleness of everyone. I, again, I just did I any did anybody stand out? No, like as like oh, that was at least yeah. Kit Harrington. No Kit Harrington looks confused the whole time. He does, and I was kind of wondering why he was even. You know, a lot oh, of these people, yeah. I'm like, why? Why are you even here in this movie? So, let's talk about that a little bit because it does have to do with the characters. 
Um, and we need to talk about to the problem that we say in every Marvel movie, which is their questionable morals. Yes, we're gonna get there. That was yeah. that's all in my mind. Let me let me talk about this for a second. Okay. So some of the characters that show up in this movie, their only purpose for being in this is to set up properties down the road. Mm-hmm. Kit Harrington is one of those characters. Mm-hmm. Half of the Eternals kind of fall into that category as well. Um, I was trying to think if there was anybody else. I, I, Harry yeah. Styles at the end. Yeah, then there's the Harry Styles thing that's like, dude, talk about not being able to act. I it's it's laughably bad. Man. And then Patton Oswald is a cartoon character now, and he's a troll character, and you're like, no. <laughs> it's like go away, please go away. Um. So yeah, let's let's kind of talk about the morals. I, I, here's the big one. This is the one I wanted to bring up first because it's the one that I wrote down. Right? Mm-hmm. They retcon Thanos a little bit in this movie. Did you catch that? What, what do they say? What so, do you mean? Thanos. Right. So the whole point of like the we'll we'll call it the big conflict just for Mm -hmm. trying to keep things somewhat clear the big conflict is that the earth is going to be destroyed with this emergence because Mm -hmm. enough human beings are now on the planet uh so that the celestial can absorb the energy of the humans am i am i correct yes and they and ajak has known about this uh for the entire time the entire time the leader always knows but they get their memories erased and so that they can go and do this again there's Mm -hmm. all these little details that i don't really want to go into because they don't matter they really don't matter um so this emergence is happening the world the the world is going to end the eternals you know change and they decide to go after that so the plot point is is that there are enough human beings on the planet to allow this to happen what Thanos did stopped yes. the end of the world. Yeah, I did catch that. It delayed it for a certain amount of time. And this is why, yeah, when you talk about the whole like moral thing, it's like you just took what at one point was the best villain that Marvel has had ever and probably ever will at this point. I am imagining mm-hmm. that no one's ever going to top him at this point. Yeah. And you kind of turned him into a sympathetic hero like like oh thanos did the right thing yeah and apparently the eternals couldn't uh oh yeah uh, we didn't even talk about oh my god get involved when you know there was a huge meteor coming to earth that was going to destroy it um yeah they said all of these world ending events that were going on right okay and this is where some of the, the morals get confusing because they would by the end of the movie see some sort of sympathy even if they believe Thanos did it for the wrong reason Mm -hmm. for Thanos doing the right thing (laughs) (laughs) which was to snap everybody and yeah to 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 delete half of the population of the entire universe essentially yes right and and I guess the celestials wouldn't have allowed that to happen but here's the thing if that was getting in the way of the problem of the celestials right because they need that to be the case would that not have been reason to let the Eternals go back to work to stop Thanos from allowing that to happen, which completely yes. contradicts the thing that happens Plot. at the beginning of the movie where she goes, no, we weren't allowed to get involved because deviants weren't involved. Yep. Even though, canonically, Thanos does have deviant blood. And on top of that, <laughs> what? guess what? 
they didn't have none of the Eternals got snapped away either. Right, and maybe luckily, yeah, and maybe that has something to do with them not being like yeah, humans, real or physical life. beings. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And <coughs> right, do you remember at the end of the? I think it's the very last flashback, quote unquote, like flashback scene in the movie, where okay. they all kind of just to de- decide to do whatever they want. Yes, they're they're like, no, you can't, you can't, you're not supposed to take over. Uh, the minds of this entire population and stop them and from murdering them. each other, right? So if he went and did that, why did it matter whether they went to help stop Thanos in the first place if that's what they wanted to do? Yep. It's so dumb. It's it's like, this is why the writing is bad. They, they it's put okay to no, enslave people as long as it, st- it stops them from uh, war and stuff like that, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I wrote cinematography down. Oh, the other thing I was going to talk about, too, yeah, just real fast, is I was going to say sex scene. Um, <laughs> thought was odd for a Marvel movie since, you know, who it's marketed towards. Also, killing people to create more life. Weird. And then also a child being in love with an adult. Also weird. Right. But, I okay. And the whole thing about, like, killing people to create more life. Yeah. They kind of point that out as being, like, wrong. It's everything that kind of surrounds everything else that's happened before during and mm-hmm. before this movie and during this movie and i assume things that will come later on they just yeah it's it's just another one of these this this weird morality that the marvel movies have where it's like stuff doesn't make sense characters actions don't seem to make a lot of sense you're basically told scenes don't yeah it's like the, with, even with the whole sprite thing you're told she's in love with icarus and you're like i haven't really seen that up until then it's like you yeah. could you could argue I didn't even know I couldn't right. even I didn't even catch that and then Kingo yeah. says isn't it obvious yeah and, and it's, it's like, like no, it's because it wasn't not. there no they did not that wasn't a thing and they're just now <laughs> going well now this is a plot point you go it's the same way with the editing we're like oh okay I guess this is it now like this is where we are now we're done with that other thing and now we're here um yep. yeah it's 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 absolutely ridiculous yeah and then like then they have this like forced sex scene right um the movies got uh because they do the they then they do like what is it uh is it halfway through the movie they do the i guess not i guess it's pretty early on one of the plot points is also the love triangle i guess you want to say um going on between her and uh cersei and icarus which is like there and then it's like not there and not it there. makes no sense there's been nothing again there's been nothing in the movie that makes any sense as to why she would go back to him yep uh, and then he betrays them all again and then like he's like upset even though nothing it didn't really matter that he had done that and then he flies in the sun <laughs> yeah oh so suicide was the other point i wanted to mention is that he just <laughs> flies yeah, into the sun that's oh, it's, this no, is how we handle our emotions is well, we kill ourselves right it's it's uh no that is a moment of um visuals but what i'm trying to say is uh oh my gosh isn't there in greek mythology where that's Icarus. Uh, yeah he flies too close to the sun Icarus. they mention it like a million yeah. times beforehand and then the one guy and this is again talking about stuff that was never there before and then all of a sudden there um they're like uh, engineer character um, at one point goes I've been waiting to clip your wings for a long time and like there was no animosity like that nope. up until that moment right it's like none of it is earned 
at all. And um, then Angelina Jolie is having this problem where <laughs> uh, the you know her memories being disordered. The, you know that's one of the plot points for her throughout the whole movie. And then once the big deviant shows up, all of a sudden, yeah, she beats him and then she's fine, and it's yeah. never talked about again. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess everything's okay now. Um, <clears throat> one of the other things I wanted to talk about. It's kind of plot, like plot, um, related. So there's this whole like hour and a half, maybe even longer. Let's just say hour and a mm-hmm. half, because I was trying to keep track of time to see when certain things were happening, but it was hard to like, you know, it's like if you turn away for two seconds, they're in a completely different environment and new things are happening, yeah, uh, without any warning. Um, but they go through this whole like plot line, right? And then they go to get uh, Druig. The guy who can control yes. people's minds. They have this whole scene play out, right? Um, Gilgamesh dies, right? So Ajax and Gilgamesh die before they ever get to um, uh, Fastos. He he is not involved in this movie until like the last forty five minutes, give or take. Yeah, and 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 it's like okay, so okay, Disney. So you push the gay characters to the end of the movie huh you give their relationship like a five second thing and then we're moving right along right which is very common for disney who is supposed to be like oh look how diverse we are look what we're Mm -hmm. doing we're so brave lives will be saved because of this five seconds of a movie you're like and, and this is the thing is like people fall for that stuff and uh you know we we talked well you know i don't really want to bring that up but we have talked in the past about companies not actually caring about the things that they say that they care about right Um, because i want to keep this focused on this this review um Mm -hmm. disney does not care about your skin color your sexual orientation or any of the diversity that the that 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 people are and we haven't even talked about and i really didn't have much of an issue with the like the deaf character she's like the speedster she's deaf or whatever actually she's probably one of the better characters yeah i mean she's just you know it, it, you know, part of that is because she has no actual lines of dialogue. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. Um, like, good on her. It worked out for her character. Yeah. Um, but they are basically... And which there were questions I had about that that didn't make sense. That seemed uh, forced weird. as well. Well, it was weird. weird. Yeah, it was weird. Oh, hang on, let me finish this point. Saul, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me finish. Ajax has the healing power. Sorry. Right. Let, let me finish this point because it goes beyond okay. that. Um. Disney doesn't care about these people. They are pawns to be used to make them money. And now that this is not going to make them as much money as they thought that it was going to, because they've gone down this like, oh, let's be as diverse as possible because we want to bring, we want to be all things for for all people in this very shallow way. Mm-hmm. They're going to toss most of these people aside. They don't care. It's not going to matter. At some point, people will turn on this movie like they did with The Last Jedi, Ghostbuster 2016, all of this stuff that, that goes super hardcore into uh, intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And you will see, I guarantee you, with like with within or sometime af- after the next year, some of these actors are going to come out and be like, we were used... Disney doesn't care about us and everyone will be so yep. upset and it's like we'll still be here going duh <laughs> right you're just sorry you're just finding out now yeah but let's let's mention this uh deaf character for like a second yeah because I inappropriately laughed at one point in the movie because of her 
Um, <clears throat> but also, you're right. Ajax can heal people, right? She heals wounds. Right. Like, why wouldn't she be able to, like, heal the problems with someone who's deaf? Here's the yeah. other problem. These characters are essentially supposed to be gods, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you make someone like why would you give someone who is supposed to go and be like a god among these like mortal men or more mm-hmm. mortal creatures? Why would you give them some sort of and I people will be upset calling it a defect, right? Because it's like, oh, you made that way. It's like, but they were literally created to be these all powerful beings, right? It's the same right. problem I have with Festus being overweight. Yep. It's like huh? You know, it doesn't make any sense, right? No, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense for the plot. It doesn't it, we're not saying that there's something wrong with her being deaf, right? Which mm-hmm. say or him being upset. overweight, right? I'm over uh. overweight. <laughs> 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 you know, like there's nothing wrong with again, you say overweight. I, I mean, I guess like what's the way to say it? Uh there's nothing wrong with her being deaf. There's nothing wrong with him because necessarily being overweight. Right. But when you're creating a character that's supposed to be as you just said this uh, all-powerful being this god right like character yeah. you know and that may even be too strong but you know a robot perfect in every way so to say and again it's not that a character can't have a fault but it's like it, it doesn't even go into and again too many characters so they can't do this but it doesn't go into her background okay was there something that yeah, why is she that way? Not be able to get healed by Ajax, like yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like nothing. You're just supposed at all. to accept it. Yeah, and, and it just it doesn't it doesn't make it's sense. Like, it's, 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 it, again, there, as we've said already, there's nothing wrong with being deaf, but it's like saying, well, uh, let me, "Hang on, let me put it this way." Yeah, it's the same annoyance I have in this movie of certain characters who are like the fighter characters being stronger and better than other fighting characters like Icarus is essentially Superman in this movie like he's like a step yes. bl- like away from being Superman right which they make an obvious joke about it and it's which like, is oh, so, like we yeah, didn't know. so stupid yeah, um, and then you have Gilgamesh who is also a fighter but cannot fly is strong but doesn't seem to be quite as strong like as strong and you're like, why? Like, why are there different power and levels? And Kingo shoots the finger guns. And that's it. That's like his thing. And you're like, and he's even lamer than the other two. And then you have, and then you have um, Thena, Angelina Jolie's character, who is like, okay, like you're supposed to be this like super strong warrior. You're like, you've been around for a really long time. There's like legends about you, so on and so forth. But you don't really get the feeling that she's like the best, right? Yep. She she kills the big one one of the big bads at the end of the movie and it's like all right, bro, I don't know I I'm trying to think if there let me look at my notes I need to see if there was anything else that like stood out to you oh we one more thing I think okay so at the end of the movie right and, and it's just another one of those plot things where you go this makes no sense like why would this be the way you did this so uh, Icarus and Sprite betray the rest of the Eternals mm-hmm. and I and it's hard for me to even say betray because you can kind of understand Icarus's point of view in this scenario because it's like well he's just doing what he was programmed to do slash what he believes is right mm-hmm. um, and it's unfair in a way to say that he's like a villain because it's just a it's just a different perspective on well we were told that this was our purpose mm-hmm this has always been our purpose. Why are we now 
making an exception and no one gives like a really good reason no, for it right they don't really go into that well okay so that happens because how could they even change their mind if they've been programmed to only do one thing yeah it's very weird the way that that works out and and i think there there's supposed to be some sort of idea that because they've lived with the humans for so long <clears throat> there's been some sort of breakthrough and connection with that which i'd be fine with if that was developed better at all if it was developed yes. at all i would be fine with it right and it's hard, it's barely mentioned um you you have to like put this stuff together yourself uh without any real understanding of like how much any of the eternals care about human beings mm-hmm. um so they betray him um cersei is like <clears throat> getting ready to uh Fit, like try to finish the job or whatever um, because she's kind of our heroine you know whatever and then sprite stabs her in like the side right she's invisible she tricks her somehow mm-hmm. she she shows this like image of salma hayek and and i went like, I, like audibly in the theater i went what is going on <laughs> <I know. laughs> and 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 i was like oh, okay well yeah right sprite she's a character she can like manipulate uh stuff she's a trickster kind of yeah um even though that it was like why did that fool cersei at all is like you know she's dead so why would yeah, she right. be here um and then she stabs her in like this really weird position and i understand sprites shorter than her um, but it's already been established that she's kind of feisty and she can like jump and she can, you know, she's pretty agile. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to like, if if the motivation of a character, right, is like, well, we've betrayed you. We're like all in on stopping you guys from doing this. Why would she not go for a killing blow on Cersei? Yep. She, she just kind of like. When well, she has the opportunity to. Yeah, she does like the a flesh wound and then. And uh, she like kind of stops her right, and then the only other time I laughed out loud in the theater is when um, Druig yeah, out of nowhere out of comes nowhere. up behind her and just smashes her with a giant rock <laughs> in the face. Child I just abuse. went, "Oh my god!" and started laughing. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought about. Bro, was child I was abuse. I was cracking up so hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean we've been talking about this for oh, like a while, an hour almost. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I had anything else. Oh, no. um, the after credit stuff. I mean, we kind of mentioned it before. Thanos's brother is now part of the universe. MCU. Star Fox. He looks nothing like Thanos. Also, somehow he's an eternal. So is he not really Thanos? Like, there's just no, no, like answers to any of this. It's almost like not they want you to go look up the Wikipedia to it so that you you're continued to be drawn in which it didn't yeah, right. it's like okay whatever um and then the last scene is uh the last in credit scene is uh kit harrington opening like be, being weird like weirdly spazzy about opening this box that belonged to one of his ancestors that essentially holds this evil sword that turns him into black knight yeah um and you can go read all about Black Knight yourself right. to understand who he is because we don't care. The only <laughs> thing anyone is excited about, and I say excited very like herp-de-derp, uh, herp, people are excited about next product thing to come, is it like Blade's voice, Mahersha Ali, yeah. his voice, he tells him, he goes, uh, are you sure you want to do that or whatever? And it ends. And of course, most of the people, even the Marvel stands in the audience, unless they knew about it going into that, were like, Huh? Because it's like it doesn't make sense. No one was there. What? It's, yeah. 
It's so bad. It's bad filmmaking. Everything's so forced. It's bad filmmaking, Joseph, and I don't like it. And at some point, people have to start accepting that they that Marvel has no idea what they're doing. Yeah. The worst part about this, the worst part about this, is I was expecting to go see a fun bad movie, like (laughs) that. I'm gonna laugh because this is so bad. Man, it was. I felt like I was having to push myself through to get through this movie. I feel that's like how bad it was. I feel you. All right. Well, I look. think a, a great way to sum it up was what I was just thinking about was what I texted you earlier. I'm going to pull it up real fast. I think I have it right here. Eternals. A movie requires intelligent life to fuel growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a smart movie. There's nothing like <laughs> it's, it's baffling. Right. And, and then to think of all the people that are, it's just so die hard defending this. It's like, why is this the hill you want to die on? This movie. Pretty effects, David. <laughs> Pretty son. I would expect it from like Sp- the next Spider-Man movie, even if it's bad. Yeah. I would expect that. Spider-Man. Not from this. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so brave and inspiring. And the sun rises. It's like, come How on, his web man. just slings off the building. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Same. All right. Uh, I want to take a few minutes. I know we're going to go a little bit over, but we're not going to go over as long as we have in the past. We have to talk about V for Vendetta. Yep. Um, it's actually, it'll, by the time uh, you guys hear this, it'll be about a week since the 5th. We, if, if I planned a little bit better, we should have done this the week before because it would have come out the day before the 5th. My bad. Um, but I want to talk about this because I think you and I both love this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, it was refreshing. Yeah. Uh, why don't you go first? I've got some notes, uh, some stuff I want to mention, mention about it. We don't have to be quite as detailed as we were with no. uh, Eternals. Um, and just, yeah, tell me about tell me There's, about watching it again and, you know, all that. It was created, I believe, in 2006. Five. Uh, 2005 was when it was released. Mm-hmm, because okay. you can go see... No. No, you're right. It is six. Why did I think it was five? Dates are always weird like that. You're correct. It's 2006 because I turned 17 in 2006. It was the first R-rated movie I was legally allowed to go see where I had to show my ID to the people without sneaking in or having a parent. (laughs) Well, uh, so basically what it is is you have – her name's Avery, right? Avi. Avi. Evie. 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 That's it. Yeah, Evie. And, you know, it starts out with – um, basically the plot is V is the main, uh, protagonist uh, and he is portrayed at times as a, uh, a hero and then also as a villain almost, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And certain elements, you well, know, he's, yes, he's, he's, he's capable of great compassion, but also he's willing to murder. abuse Evie. Yeah. Well, that too, but abuse Evie in order to test her loyalty and trust, and he's also willing to murder. Right. Uh, Evie it's, it's is great. a... I almost want to say kill, because it is... It's kind of a gray area. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's why I tried to chose the abuse route with Evie and, and kind of subject, mm-hmm. subjecting her to torture in order to test her trust and loyalty. Sure. Uh, and Evie is... Uh, basically starts out as the non-playable character, just a regular NPC programmable by the corporate media. Um, and Actually, I disagree. So, really? Yeah. 
She's uh. she's definitely kind of like living her life, but it's clear that there's something different about her because she's willing to break the rules uh, from uh. the start of the movie. That's a good point. I, well, I, I kind of viewed her the other way and kind of like what I mean is I kind of viewed her as as she was not what you just said, but what I mentioned that and then slowly coming out of that more, even from the beginning of the movie. Well, yeah, because absolutely. she still has that tendency, that fight to want to go back. Yeah. And that's that. not right. That's not what I'm arguing, though. OK, because you have you have a character who. Is willing like she's already willing and they talk about it a little bit with her past with her parents mm-hmm. there's there's already kind of like precedent for her to be willing to take slight risks yes it's not there clearly right and that's that's part right. of her her growth as a character mm-hmm. but she's not so caught up as everyone else around her because there's the the way that <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times <laughs> The this way, is only the second time I've seen it. The way that that she is she's portrayed from the start into the scene in where where she works right in the the news station, mm-hmm. um, you get I I believe you get a feeling that she constantly kind of feels out of place. Yeah. And when she's given this That's moment, when she's given this moment to save V, right, and she sprays the uh, the police officer in the face, right, right, someone who was so programmed into this society yeah would not have done that at all even if she was going to be questioned black bagged whatever the case may be she would have just like let it happen where she didn't um but yeah uh, she and and that's the thing is like her and 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 this is something that's like very stylistic about this movie that i like is that her and v are the protagonists they yeah. have they have equal ground because they're given equal footing at the beginning of the movie. Like remember yep. how you have the the scene of her getting ready and him getting ready. They're both looking in the mirror. Everything in, and also everything that they're doing for the first like couple minutes of the movie is all mirrored. And yep. then preparing for the night. Her going to see right. Dietrich, him going out to blow up the Bailey. Yep. And so the the plot of the movie is them, you know, slowly building their trust and character and character development together. And V is uh, very much uh, another theme of the movie is he he is more of an idea than he is a person. And so it's about breaking the chains of this government control that controls people through the corporate press Mm -hmm. and come to find out uh, the government has released a uh, virus to infect people and subjugate them even further yeah and crickets i had oh man <laughs> dog whistle this, yeah <laughs> That's what we should have done a dog no whistle. i had a oh man so i have i yeah i was thinking about the, i found a uh a clip from naked gun yeah where leslie nielsen it's like all the stuff's exploding behind him he's like nothing to see here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing going yeah, on definitely not related to our times right now right and anyway so basically what the the motive behind v is and everything that he's doing and preparing up to november the 5th is uh orchestrating these events and killing all these people who have harmed him and also to break people free from the corporate media with no regard with how that's going to end up playing out after he accomplishes his goal because the last domino piece, if you will, uh, for everything to take effect is, you know, V knows he's going to have to 
sacrifice himself. Right. Um, he doesn't or, see, or die. There's an end point. Right. He doesn't see himself um, ever seeing see this the, new because he's he's yeah. a product of the previous world, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so he doesn't get to see the new world. Yeah. Um, let's see. I That's was looking a, through, essentially the, the plot. Yeah. I was I was looking through some of the things that I wrote down. So uh, this was originally a comic from the 80s, a mm-hmm. graphic novel, if you will, written by Alan Moore. Uh, who mm-hmm. also wrote Watchmen. Um, yep. He's very liberal. <laughs> Politically, like, very far left, probably socialist, if you will. Which is, there's some irony to it, but I also haven't read, I'm, I'm, I actually, I have the comic in my Amazon, uh, like, wish list, my book reading mm-hmm. list. Because um, I've always wanted to read it, I just uh, it never got around to it. Um, he is not a fan of this movie. Which seems to happen with a lot of writers. Uh, famously, Stephen King is not a fan of um, Kubrick's Shining, mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Kubrick's Shining movie, uh, which is very good. It's not everyone's cup of tea because it's super surreal and weird and uh, not like the book. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, Stephen King was a coke head when he wrote most of what he got famous for so it's like come on man you gotta you gotta cut some people some slack they need to like yeah, right. be able to interpret your stuff in a specific way um i i don't one of the things that i've heard a lot about this and equilibrium uh and some of the books like 1984 and uh brave new world uh fahrenheit 451 uh is this idea that uh these these stories are more relevant than ever because of what we're dealing with um my argument would be is like no they're not more relevant they're just as relevant as they ever have been mm-hmm. we're just starting to see some of this stuff play out in a more obvious way than we ever have before yep um we've joked on the show in the past about how like australia is like borderline away from becoming the this the like the country in this movie like they're obviously they're not brit australia is not britain but they're doing all these things that you're like oh these feel it's like y'all feel like you're a step away from becoming uh, the same like government that was in V for Vendetta. Yeah. Um, let's see if I had anything else. Um, oh, the uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about this movie is the Wachowskis um, did not direct this movie. They were producers. And a lot mm. of people believe that they, they ghost directed this movie and allowed this guy, James McTeague, uh, who was one of their... I want to say he was a camera operator on mm-hmm. The Matrix. Um, yeah, so he, they didn't. And he actually hasn't directed much. He directed, You remember that movie The Raven with uh, John Cusack? Mm-hmm. So he directed that. I mean, he's had some like smaller TV stuff and some like Netflix stuff that he's directed. But for the most part, I mean, this is probably his biggest film. Mm. His probably most well-known and loved film. film. Uh, did I have anything else? Oh, the only other thing, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. Um, I, I wrote this down today. I was like, I hope this never gets made again, or at least not in the current woke cult of personality. Um, yes. You know who they would make Chancellor Sutler if this movie yep. was na- made within the next year, and it wouldn't be direct, but it would be the most obvious thing ever uh, based on uh, shade of skin um, and hair wispiness. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, That's a good point. I, it, it has a clear focus, and mm-hmm. I enjoy the breaking free from the government program and yeah. going back to being able to have freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I uh, so. I actually saw this movie with some friends and one of my high school teachers, mm. and he and I talked about this movie for the next two years, like back and forth. Uh, like I'd watch it or whatever, and I come in and I'd be like, ah, Mr. Davis. I was like, I was thinking about this. I was like, I never noticed this before in this movie. What do you think about this, right? Um, I uh, I think I owe this movie quite a bit of credit for how I think politically now, too. Um, mm. Maybe not all, but it was definitely one of the things. You know, there's the line in the movie that's like the um, people should not feel uh, fear their government. Government should fear their their people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. I wish I had written down a couple other lines. There's a great one where he says, where he's talking to the people of Britain, V is, and he says, um, if you need to uh, to look at anyone to blame, all you need to do is look in a mirror. If you're looking for yep. someone to blame, all you need to do and is go look in a, a mirror. And that was such a good point. Yeah, and it's and and again, it's a relevant thing for today. Yep. Uh, that so often we all want to blame everything else for and and you and i can both kind of like take some responsibility in all of this even though there's probably an argument to be made that we've tried to to be a bit more responsible uh Mm -hmm. especially i think within the last year or two um for certain things have been going on um, not sitting on the sidelines anymore that kind of stuff um but yeah, it's a, it's good. It's kind of good advice, even if you're not talking about a totalitarian government taking over everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's definitely a stark contrast between Eternals. If you want to see a good movie, watch me for Vendetta. Yeah, Hugo Weaving's great in this. You never really even see his face. No, but he does um, such a great job acting, which uh, is not something Eternals can. Yeah, say. with a mask on, he literally has like a a emotionless mask on through this entire movie. And he does a great job acting with his inflection and mm-hmm. and uh, body language. Yep. Um, Natalie Portman's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. I think her accent is occasionally a little suspect. Uh, it's not awful. It's not the worst uh, fake British accent I've ever heard. But it's also kind of occasionally like, eh, I don't know. Well, I don't know of, there. Plenty of our friends have those. <laughs> <laughs> um, cinematography's great. There's not an overabundance of slow motion, which is yeah. was a problem back then as it is today. Uh, but they they seem to restrain themselves pretty well with that. Um, it feels intentional in the moments when they use it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the only other issue, and this is something I realized watching it this time that I never really cared uh, about before, just wasn't paying attention to. Mm-hmm. V, his entire like hideout, the shadow gallery, I think is what he calls it is a little suspect as well the way that it's designed and how he managed to create an entire system of cells specifically maybe for one day and maybe this is explained in the comic which is annoying mm-hmm. because you you don't get to have the benefit of uh like Knowing graphic that. novel readers yeah, yeah. so like you have to be able to kind of like structure things in a way that makes sense for your audience who's never mm-hmm. never paid attention to any of that He's got like this whole elaborate system of like cells, right? Um, you kind of are okay with understanding because he seems to be a pretty mysterious and like stealthy guy that he was able to like steal things from uh, this government and keep them for himself. And like, you know, he talks about getting like real butter from the chancellor and all of that. It's sort of like the structure and like 
he seems to just have like magic doors that like you go behind the door and there's an elevator yeah. up and he clearly he lives like in the underground close to the rail the rail system in right britain um but it's just That's the structure of it that i find weird <laughs> what's also suspect is kind of how hyperbolically indestructible he is if that makes sense and yeah, uh, I I feel like I and I, how fast he is and everything is just kind of so they they do give a small reference to it when um they're doing a flashback scene of the doctor uh, torturing mm-hmm. all those people and being like, do they not even know what they're accomplishing? Like what their sacrifice, unwilling, you know, their forceful sacrifice is going to do for this country or whatever. She talks about how V um, reacted differently and his like blood was different and it started to change mm, him that's like, right. physically. And so he's not invincible, right? And it's why he has right. to wear that but thing. But there is a nod to explain there, his agility and speed. Exactly, yeah. Like he's not exactly human anymore. And, yeah. and there is a bit of, I would call it, um, man, I don't know what the best word is. Uh, there's the nod to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, and a little bit of the foreshadowing of that, yeah, and 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 story structure of a character who literally goes through um, a hellish experience and comes out completely different, right? That idea that's right. like he he was once human and is truly no longer human anymore. He, it's like he can't. Li- and again, it goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning. It's like he isn't going to make it into this new world because. N- there's no place for him not only because of his actions and uh the things that he he has done throughout the whole movie but because physically literally there's no place for him in this new world his yeah. his entire existence at that point was the 20 years that led up to the moment of him blowing up parliament yeah and what would and and what came after that and and i kind of like that that he's like this is my purpose mm-hmm. everything passes is up to you whatever happens next it is no longer on anyone who is no is is here anymore. It's like you're almost getting a clean slate. It's like do better, almost like make make a better life for yourself and the people around you. Like mm. find a better way. Um, and obviously they they leave that open ended, um, which I'm mostly fine with. I don't. It doesn't really bother me all that much, because um, I don't know if it's really even the biggest point to be made in the movie. But yeah, it's great. I love this movie. I it, it's something I watch probably yearly. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start adding it to my yearly watch list, and I think that's a great place to leave it. Yeah, you know, do absolutely. more. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, check it out if you've never seen it. It's it shocks me that people still haven't, but that's a case a lot of the time. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, this has been episode 45 of the Underground. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday with more news. I'm sure. I mean, man, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's 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 coming? Down oh, the yeah. pipeline, we got uh, we we got till January fourth before things might get it's real intense. So yeah. we'll see. Um, again, thank you guys for listening. Until next time, take it easy. See ya. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, horsemen, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and last to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this 
looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial up looking for answers. Now what underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave foil or the oil, they annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather control. Your whole life, man, you're gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors.